Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. And boom. Back again. Back again. He isn't with us, but he will be with us shortly. I'm sure he will. He's getting dressed up for his Pokemon update. So he get to see his full suit and tie outfit. Yes. I know. It's hilarious, man. He's been wanting Was yesterday day one of this? No, day two. Day two. Because, yeah, he had the suit. Uh, what was it? Killing went shopping... And oh, I can hear him coming. Yeah, she went shopping. And she was uh, yeah, come in. What's up, buddy? Boom. Looking good, dude. Man, looking sharp. Looking super sharp. Heck yeah, ready for your Pokemon update. Mhm. In style. So, what do you want to tell us about first? Your suit and tie or the Pokemon? Um, actually, two things before the Pokemon. Okay. So, um. First, about my suit and tie. I got this uh, the day before yesterday. Yep. And yeah, mom got it for you. That's what I was telling Rob. She, mm-hmm. we were, uh, she had a hunch that there'd be some Easter 
suit and ties like clothes mm-hmm. uh, for sale after Easter. Makes and sense. Sure yeah. enough. So she went and looked and had a nice dapper looking suit and tie for a little dude. And so she got it for him and he's been pumped. He's been asking for one for a while now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <clears throat> so you got that. That looks good. And you've been mixing it up. Yesterday you had the tie and the vest with another shirt that looked pretty sweet. Uh-huh. So yeah, ma'am. And then right. I have another thing to what? talk about. I'm getting a bike jump today. Two Sweet. Bi- two bike jumps. Yep, two plastic bike jumps with a little tabletop to connect them, but we don't need the tabletop really because he can already jump the jump, but it just comes with it. But I thought it'd be good to get two yeah. of those things. So I can hit them. I can use them at my uh, my clinics. Can you? Yeah. Out there, it kind of looks a little misty to me. A little bit. But uh, she's overcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'll be able to. Because, you know, it's hitting a jump. If you can... It's like doing a drop, right? Like, if you can drop off of a curb, like, you can drop off a 10-foot drop. Right? It's the same damn thing. It's like, if you can walk across a 2x4 on the ground, you can walk across a 2x4 suspended between two buildings 100 feet off the ground. Right? Like, in theory. Like, in theory. Right, 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 right. Exactly. That's the theory. You know, it is true. You should be able to. But, uh... Yeah, so same thing with uh, with jumps. Like once you kind of figure out the basic body mechanics of hitting a small one, it's just applying it to bigger ones and then making note when it doesn't work. <laughs> and figure, okay, that wasn't it. Try it a different way. But yes, we're getting some jumps because he was hitting jumps on his bike. Man, you've been riding your bike like crazy. You can do popping wheelies and... Ride my bike when handed standing <clears throat> up. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's actually getting pretty good with, uh, like, doing a little front wheel lift going off of curves. And he's almost where he's like, yeah, I mean, he can time pulling up, but he hasn't quite gotten, like, the speed and the timing down to where he can, like, drop off of it Mm -hmm. and have both his wheels hit. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you come and your front wheel hits and then your rear wheel hits. Yeah, when you do a popping wheelie off it and and then you let your front wheel hit when your back wheel comes off it yeah you try to get both your wheels to hit at the same time or have your rear wheel actually hit first is uh coming off a drop but yes so it's been killing it with that and then oh what else you do you, uh you lost a tooth mm-hmm. i saw the picture of your dad yanking that thing out it was pretty sweet. Last last podcast we did, it wasn't out yet. So mm-hmm. I wanted to let everybody know. We got it out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you got your dollar from the Tooth Fairy. Mm-hmm. Woke up on Easter morning with a dollar under his pillow. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. And then yeah. he got to do Easter egg hunts and get some stuff. So it was a good day. Mm-hmm. All right, what else you got for us? A Pokemon card now. All right. It's the Thundress. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. It's a basic. It does. Um, it has 120 hit points. It's an electric type. Its attacks are Thundress, Gale. Yep. And then Raining Thunder. Yeah, man. Raging Thunder. Rain, Raging Thunder. Yep, close. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the that the thunderous scale does twenty plus damage. The raging thunder does one hundred twenty damage. Man, that's cool. Does it have a weakness? Um, is fighting type. Ooh, yeah, that's my weakness too. Which does uh twenty more damage. Yeah. Okay. What's the little okay. thing say? The spikes on its tail discharge the immense bolts of lightning. It flails around the Anova region, firing off lightning bolts. Yeah. There's some big words in there. (laughs) I think he's like, you know, got his first grade reading level down. I think so. Yeah. I know adults yeah. that would struggle to read these yeah. cards. But uh, he still has to do his reading in, uh, with school, which is crazy. But anyways, you got to tick the boxes. Yep. <clears throat> All right, man. Anything else? No. Next update, we'll have our jumps. We can tell people how the jumps went. Uh-huh. Sweet. I'm looking forward to seeing yeah, that. Yeah, actually, I was practicing my jumps because um, my friend, one of my neighborhood friends has some jump, has a jump. Oh, I was practicing it. I want to build a teeter-totter. Those are fun to ride on. Yeah, and also my teenage friends built one of them. And and then right before I was had a chance to ride on it, they took it down and built a jump. Oh, okay. Yeah. Your teenage friends? He's got friends all over the neighborhood. <laughs> that, yeah, and some of them are teenagers. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. So, well, all right, man. We appreciate the updates. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll... Uh, Catch you later. We'll catch you later. Oh yeah, Dad. What? Also, a lot of people are. I'm telling them that I get that I'm getting bike jumps, and Cooper and Eli. When I get them, I'm. They want to try it out. Okay. Is that all right with you? Yes. Okay. They just have to sign a waiver. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> they just have to give you a million dollars. Well, that'd be nice too. I'd. I'd okay. Yeah, so, no, that'd be cool, man. We'll have a little jump jam. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll see ya. See you, dude. See ya. <laughs> oh, yeah, Dad. Oh, yeah. It's good that he asked. Yeah. I guess. In this day and age, I don't know what other parents would think if you uh, let their kid jump your bike jump. <clears throat> that is know. true. I don't know what the protocol is. Although... These are the kids that have the, the, pretty much the same jump that I wore. Oh, okay. And okay. his parents let him jump their jump without so, anything. If so, so I'm sure they're fine. Though, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure they're <laughs> fine. So, yeah, no, they're uh, <clears throat> they're little dude who uh, races BMX. Oh, does he? So, yeah, he rides quite a bit. He's like a year or maybe two younger than Z. But, uh, yeah, he's got a fucking expensive race bike. Does he? Yeah. Like super light, and uh, yeah, I mean, it yeah, it probably cost a thousand dollars, give or take, for a five year old's bike. Yeah, 
Wow. Yeah. What did you talk about? Carbon fiber right. frame right. and like just all of the you know the bells and whistles because you're trying to get it as light as possible for mm-hmm. kids that age because like strength to weight ratio is super important on bikes, and so like the heavier your bike is compared to your strength, uh, just the harder it is to maneuver, and so uh, so yeah, if you want to compete in BMX racing, it's like anything else, you gotta pay to play. Wow. So. You don't have to. I mean, you can definitely get into in bikes for cheaper than that. But you're going to spend a few hundred bucks on a, on a decent race bike. They got that big old BMX racetrack up at the fairgrounds there. They do, yeah. They invested quite a bit in yeah. It's kind of cool thing. looking. It is. It's, uh, it's funny. There's See, I didn't really know much about BMX racing until I got the Catalyst Pedal going. And then BMX racers love the Catalyst Pedal. And so I just kind of like start learning more about their stuff. But... There's like a whole movement in, in the BMX world kind of, I don't know if like, you know, they don't, don't necessarily want to do away with tracks like we have, but cause man, it's a, it's a paved thing. Like it, it's, it's uh it's not dirt, right? It's paved. It's a paved track. What do you mean? Yeah. It's, it's not dirt. No. Right? That track that you see from the highway that yeah. you have at the fairgrounds. Yeah. That's not dirt. No. no. Get out of here. Yeah, man. Seriously? I mean, they built it on dirt, right? Like, they took dirt and built a track, right. but then they... But, they, but, they, but there's, like, an asphalt coating on top? Yeah, I don't know what it is, but right. it's, like, a hard coating. It's, like, racing on fucking, like, the sidewalk. Like, Oh, really? Yeah, it's not bicycle motocross. Like, BMX oh. stands for bicycle motocross. Oh, dude, I, I, that's super surprising to me. I just assumed that was dirt. I never really no. looked at it. I've never no, been close to it. Having a corner on dirt is not a skill that you have to have to be good at BMX racing these days. Oh, I had no idea that yeah. was even a thing. Yeah. It's just all, it's a paved thing. So, you know, again, like I'm really generalizing here, but BMX racing in a nutshell comes down to the gate start. Who gets out of the gate first? Like that's like probably 80%. I mean, I'd say like the vast majority of the time, whoever gets the whole shot and hits the first corner first wins. And so... And, and one of the reasons is, is that once you get past the whole shot, you know, there's, it's not, it doesn't take a shit ton of riding skill because you're not racing on dirt and you're not, you don't, you have bank turns, you know, it's just all smooth, just perfect, right? It's like a flow trail mm-hmm. basically. And so that's BMX racing. And a lot of that is stemmed actually from clipless pedals because dude, when you're on clipless pedals and you go into a flat turn and you fucking wipe out and you can't get a foot down it hurts bad. And so you have a whole generation of kids who don't know how to ride uh, without clipless pedals. And so they don't really know how to corner properly on their bike. Like you can't corner properly on clipless pedals because to to corner anything that you're riding on, you need to be able to create rotational energy into it, right? Like when you're skiing, you're creating rotational energy, surfing, skateboarding, uh, you know, uh, snowboarding, like, you know, uh, mountain bike, you know, Mountain biking is in that. Like if you're you're riding something, and it's carrying you through space, man. Even yourself, like for you to change direction, even in a field sport, you have to be able to create rotational energy. Like rotational energy is how the human body changes direction, right? But if you create rotational energy on clipless pedals, what happens? You probably unclip from the pedals, right? Yeah, exactly. Your feet, like you, you to create yeah. that rotational energy, you, you to you to turn your foot to twist your foot, you unclip. You pop off the pedal, yeah. So you create rotational movement energy with your foot, you unclip, and and that's why you have that float 
because you need a little bit of movement because your your foot needs to and wants to create rotational energy. It, even when you're just paddling normally, there's there's rotational energy that your foot creates. It's not linear energy. And so you need that little bit of float. That's wasted energy, right? That That's rotational energy should be going into the pedals and the bike itself, not just being wasted and float, right? That's wasted mm -hmm. energy, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, so you can't, you can't corner properly on clipless pedals because you can't create rotational energy. Like you can corner, obviously you can corner a bike, right? People do it, but you can't do it with rotational energy. You have to learn how to do it without it. And that's not really cornering your bike. And so you have a whole generation of people like it used to be, you came up riding flats and you learn how to corner properly. And then you would transition to flat clipless pedals and you knew how to apply these skills as best as possible, right? And so now you got kids coming up and they're like fucking five years old and they're on clipless puddles. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's actually one of the reasons that the BMX like ruling bodies made a rule change that racers 13 and under can't wear clipless puddles because it was becoming a problem with like kids, you know, the parents are sitting there holding them like they can barely ride a bike and they got them clipped in because they think that pro riders use clipless pedals and you have to have clipless pedals and so we need to get you on them as soon as possible so you can learn how to use them and it's like taking someone a kid day one in the weight room and putting a weight belt on them going like well look the top guys in the world use a weight belt when they're lifting max weight so therefore you need to learn how to use a weight belt from day one as a kid it's the same logic right right but like we know in the fitness world that's stupid like everyone's like, that's fucking retarded. You have to learn how to move properly first. And the weight belt is there to like, you know, enhance a performance thing. It's not fundamental to movement. And you can actually create bad habits if you rely too much on that thing. But in the cycling world, man, they're so, it's just weird. Like no one has any logic. No one can like apply good old fashioned fucking logic to anything. It's like a religious cult. Like honestly, that's the closest thing I can describe it. Like compare That's it to very. You can see that. I mean, you got that, caught in it. You rode clipless pedals. Yeah. I just because I just thought that's it's a cult. That was the move. Yeah, you never questioned it. You don't. Mm -hmm. you, you can't apply logic to clipless pedals and ask too many questions because it falls apart very quickly. But you don't. You, clipless pedal. <laughs> high priests of the cycling world say clipless pedals are the thing. And you can get excommunicated from the church of cycling if you're not on clipless puddles. Like, Lord help you if you're a road rider and you're not on clipless puddles. Like, it's bad enough as a mountain biker, but it's like fucking, you know, it's insane. It's fucking insane. The, the religious cult mentality that's been built around this stupid little piece of equipment that is fucking terrible. It's, uh, yeah, anyways. But yeah, it creates problems because kids get on them too early. And so you've got this whole generation of kids who don't know how to corner properly. And so well, what do you do? You change the sport and you start paving the tracks and you start creating big bank turns that don't actually require any sort of cornering Just skill. Momentum. Momentum. I mean, it does. Right, but, but, but cornering on a berm, on a paved berm, there's a skill to it. But it's not the same it's thing as like... No, it's not the same. Cornering your bike in any situation. Mm. And so, uh, so yeah, so that's why those BMX tracks look like that. They're these big giant fucking jumps and they're paved and it's like... Yeah, I just drove by <laughs> it and I just assumed it was dirt. So I never even put any processing power. Now they may have like it. dirt sections, but they'll have like the, the corners 
will be paved. The fucking run-in will be paved. So they may have like a mixture. Oh, okay. But there will definitely be like finding a good old-fashioned dirt track. Dirt track where you've got maybe even a flat corner in dirt is rare. And it's uh and there's kind of like people the older generation recognize that we're losing something. You know, we're like the the older generation like we grew up fucking watching that movie Rad. I don't oh, know yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, Fuck that. yeah, dude, go back and watch that. And you watch that, and then you go and you watch a modern BMX race, and you're like, this isn't even the same sport. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't the same fucking thing at all. And, uh, but yeah, like, we all grew up watching Rad, we all r- rode flats, you didn't know any better, right? Man, you watched Rad, the one thing that I took away from that movie when I rewatched it was like how much fun everyone was having on their bike. Because they're just going and they're just like fucking doing tricks and like, you know, jibbing. Like that's the, you know, the fucking term for it. And you can't do that on clipless pedals because your fucking feet are attached to the Mm -hmm. bike. Like you just, there's just a level of fun and that you have on flats that you can't have. That's where they had the famous fucking bike dance scene in the school. (laughs) Anyway, it, uh, but man, it was fucking different, man. Like, and it's a different sport, but the older generation is recognizing like we're losing something as a sport. We're becoming less skilled overall as a sport and more specialized in these little niche things that you need to be able to do to be successful at BMX racing. And it's not necessarily the same thing. Being a good rider and being good at BMX racing, there's some crossover, but they're not necessarily the same thing. Like, good BMX racers are good riders, but focusing on being a good BMX racer too soon and not being a good rider in general can keep you from be- actually becoming a good BMX racer, if that makes sense. No, it makes sense. It's the process, right? Like, there's, there's a process to becoming a good BMX racer, and it's not just looking at BMX racers and trying to copy them. Mm-hmm. It's like that in anything, in jiu-jitsu, anything, man. Skiing, yeah. yeah. So, it's, uh, but yeah, so there's a little bit of a, like, battle I guess with some of the older generation like trying to you know bring back some of these elements more and attracts and like get parents to understand the importance of of having their kids learn to ride on flats and learn to ride on like dirt you know off camber like learn how to ride multiple things like like have a wide skill set especially early on and then you can narrow it down to the specialized stuff that you need to be successful as a pro later on, but that's like that with any sport. Man, I'm really surprised that, <clears throat> yeah, why would they change the tracks to having paved? Why wouldn't they just all be dirt tracks? It's just, to me, it's just so bananas. Because just- money, people don't want to race where they feel, again, like I had a, many years ago, I had a conversation with a, a dude who ran a race series out at uh, Bootleg Canyon, which is in Nevada. And he told me that, you know, he had laid out a track and he got so many complaints about it and people saying that they weren't going, you know, they wanted a refund and they didn't want to race it, that he had to change the course. It was too technical for a lot of people. And so, you know, if you want to have a race, you need people to pay to race. Mm -hmm. And if you have people that feel unsafe and can't execute certain skills, well, they're not going to race if that's what they have to do. 
And so if you want to attract the most people, you got to dumb it down. You got to dumb it down. You got to find kind of some of that least common denominator. And that, that's when, man, when you look at like Olympic BMX racing, that's kind of what, like they've taken it to this really amazing level. Like these are amazing athletes. I'm not trying to take anything away from them individually, but they're almost being wasted. Like when you watch a modern BMX race, like especially like Olympic level, it's kind of fucking boring. See, I, I, I don't have to watch some. I haven't. Yeah. I just had this image in my head, <clears throat> just racing on dirt and yeah. what BMX racing was. And I think what my, the little memory files I have yeah. in my brain are completely skewed. No, yeah, me too. It was a eye-opening thing for me too. Yeah. And I was like, dude, this is not what I remember as BMX racing. Like, I didn't really race as a kid. I just rode my fucking BMX bike and, you know, jumped curbs and, right. and fucking... Jumped the ditch, build, build, the ditches, ramp, build the ramp over yeah, the ditch. man. Like, you know, did that, but uh, I remember BMX racing, and I remember seeing BMX tracks. I think I probably even went out to a couple of them and just rode around. Um, and yeah, then I go out and I look at these giant paved monsters, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is not the same thing. And again, it's impressive. Like, you watch these guys, like, they are flying, and they're hitting massive jumps, massive jumps. So, like, again, it takes an extreme level of skill and balls and everything to do what they do. I'm not trying to take away from that I, I said if anything I think they're being wasted you know because they're capable of much much more as bike riders than what's being asked of them but it's just such a hyper specialized thing that it uh hmm. yeah so I know it's weird man people it's how technology can unknowingly like fuck shit up water shit down yeah water shit down like people start to rely on it too much like clipless puddles when they came out were you know hey man like if you're looking if you're racing and you're looking for like that extra one two percent that can put you on the podium or go from like third to first like okay these things count but that's a different goal than like hey man i'm just a normal rider i'm trying to learn how to ride like these are two totally different goals you know, it's just like in jiu-jitsu, man. It's like, and there's, that's the problem is there's no, uh, you know, as much as people say like, you know, jiu-jitsu doesn't really have a start and an end and there's no like said, there, de there definitely is, man. You come in and you're like, no, th these are the basics. You know, you're told like, don't worry about that. You don't need to learn how to fucking invert Barambolo on, you know, day three of jiu-jitsu, right? Like it's a pretty universal, I would say, attitude when you yeah, agree. Yep. And so, yeah, there's no, it's not like karate or something where you come in, you got your white belt moves and your whatever comes after that. But there is some, uh, I guess, hurting of new people in a general direction towards work on this shit first before you worry about this shit. Yep. Yeah. And you just don't have that. And cycling in general, it doesn't have that. Like you come in and from day one, you're like, this is what the pros do. So this is what you need to do. <laughs> and it's like, man, this is not like, that's not it. Like your people miss it. It's like, no, there needs to be a, some basics that people need to learn. And we need to kind of herd new people in this direction. And then as they learn these things, then they can start to worry about these other things. But you get people, it's like, uh, you know, again, man, you get the fucking white belt who gets his lapel guard down super good early on. And that's what he focuses on. And it's like, yeah, he may be successful early on, but eventually, like, those, his lack of foundational skills are going to get exposed. Yep. Right? Now, what happens, though, when 80% of white belts out there have done this? 
And so now you have all of these people who've been training for a while who all have this thing. And so now they go to compete in a tournament and they're like, you know, I don't know, some fucking random rule makes it tough for them to use lapel guard or whatever. And like nogi, they're not going to do nogi to save their fucking right. life. No. They're not even going to think about doing nogi. It's like not even on their radar. And so it's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, you, uh, with, with, you know, cycling, you know, you fucking, you have these people who got into this specialized shit too early and they lack a huge foundational chunk of, of skill and technique. What do you do with them? You tell them you suck and you need to go back and backfill this? No, nah, that hurts people's that feelings. That hurts people's feelings. You can't that, do that. Exactly. Not in this day and age. No, uh-uh. That's like telling a fat person that they, they should be, stay home. Yeah, exactly. Or like, you know, no, you can't be healthy and fat, motherfucker. Like, this is showing it. <laughs> but, yeah, it's the same same shit. It's just uh, different different context. But, so yeah, it's a little, I mean, as you can tell, like, it's a little, like, I'm bothered by it, too. You know, because I look around and I see a lot of people who get, you know, the, like, one, they don't even want to start, try mountain biking or try cycling because they think clipless pedals are something you have to use. And then you got so many people that are, are just like, you know, their skills and their fun factor have been held back by using them too early. And then you have a bunch of people who end up quitting because... I fell in those last two categories right there. Yeah. You know, just, I didn't, I never, I never like pursued any like skill training. Right. You know, so that's my own fault. But what but, are you going to do, man? Like you got, you're, you're, you're fucking, you're using specialized equipment. Right. Like going, doing skills training, like you, if you can't move properly in the first place, you're not learning real movement. You're learning like compensations for dysfunction, Mm -hmm. right? So like you never had a chance to build your skills on flat pedals. You went to the specialized piece of equipment early, right? So even like skills training isn't going to, you know, it may have, you know, helped a little bit. But it's not, that wasn't going to fix the problem. The, the, the problem is you, you lacked foundational movement. Yeah. And the only way to develop that foundational movement is on flat pedals. Because that's the only way that allows your foot to interact with the bike in a natural way. Like clipless pedals and float are so far removed from what, how your foot interacts with anything else. Like, dude, that's called ice, right? That is the only other thing that I can think of where you go to apply rotational energy into the ground and your foot just slips, right? That's being on ice. Mm -hmm. And we're not very strong and powerful when we're shuffling around on ice. That's like, that is the closest thing. Like what other, where else, like anything else, man, when your foot is on something and you go to apply rotational energy, like that energy goes into directly into what you're in contact with. And it doesn't have this little free movement. So, yeah, it fucks you all up. But the fucking industry and the money and, dude, it's just crazy. It's like fighting big tobacco. It's a big clipless. I call it the clipless pedal mafia, man. It's what it is. So, it's, uh, anyways. The clipless pedal industrial complex. Yes. Fucking straight out of China. Nah, it's really like Japan. But... Shimano, bless their hearts. Those fucking fish reel making motherfuckers. They make a lot of shit. They make a lot of shit, man. They're smart motherfuckers and they do a great job, but they're the ones who unleash clipless puddles on us. And their right. and their SPDs are like the thing that just make it ubiquitous and it's uh yeah, they unleashed fucking hell on the cycling world on accident. But they're making a shit ton of money off of it. 
So, you know, they don't fucking care. So anyways. No, they're in it to make money, not make good mountain bike riders. And again, like they, riders. they think they're doing the best thing possible, but it's... Again, like once you, it, it's just funny, man. It's, there's all this shit behind it. So I'm sure people are fucking tired of listening to <laughs> the Bike James podcast here. Sorry, I got confused <laughs> as to what we were, as to what we were talking about. It's good to complain about something else other than coronavirus, though. But now let's complain about the <laughs> with that segue. Well, speaking of that, but uh, tied into the jiu-jitsu world, did you see that um, Hodger Gracie came down with the coronavirus? I did, yeah. He was in, he did a little interview, and it, it fucked him up pretty bad. Yeah. He was, like, bedridden for 10 days or so, you know, real high fever. He said it was no joke. And he's, he's a pretty <clears throat> robust individual. Yeah. Pretty fit. I mean, I don't know, obviously, his daily life, lifestyle, how fit he actually is, but... You know, he's still teaching and trains jiu-jitsu regularly. Yeah. So you have to assume he's a fairly healthy individual. It almost took him out. I don't know if he ended up getting to the... I don't think he was like... I don't know if he ever even got hospitalized Yeah. from the article. But I don't think a, so, man, because that would be the headline. Yeah. Padre Gracie hospitalized yeah, he just said that He just said that he was like bedridden for about 10 days. Yeah. With, you know, high fever. Then finally, How old is he? He's not a fucking spring chicken. He's got to be our age. Is he? Yeah, like he's right, right in there. 40s, yeah. yeah, he's got to be. Okay, yeah. Roughly. Yeah, yeah, man. It's uh, But if he wasn't in shape... That could have been bad. That, he probably would have gotten taken out. Like, that just all goes back to the whole thing, which is like, yeah, it's not good. But it, what is exacerbating the situation, both like acutely here and just why the medical system in general is stressed to the gills... Uh, or, you know, stress to the max anyways, is because of how many just unhealthy people we have in this fucking country. And the whole, like, dude, like, the the push, man, to get people to accept that you can be fat and healthy. Like, did such a disservice. We've seen it, man. There yeah. was a very hard push over the last few years. Yeah. And, that, and that we just had to get over our you know, our stereotypes of what a healthy person should look like. And that I can be, you know, fat and still be healthy. And you just have to accept that. We just have to change the metrics of what we call healthy. Right. Yes. And this is highlighting that that is not fucking true. Like the, the people with obesity and the, uh, you know, type two diabetes and, and all these other things, like they are being, hit disproportionately hard with with this yep well yeah you look at the communities like this this you know coronavirus has just been fucking up detroit you know michigan you know a lot of the you got a lot of these low-income areas oh yeah predominantly black areas that are just getting ravaged and it's i've heard a few people you know in the media or whatever talk about this but again, it comes back to they're trying to be sensitive. They don't want to hurt people's feelings. Yeah. No, man. If you look at the numbers, if you were to look at the numbers of uh, the percentage of people that are obese in those demographics. Right. The percentage of you know type 2 diabetes, yeah. heart disease. You look at all these you know pre-existing factors and the percentage of the population that has those. It's disproportionately it's, high. It's really high. Yeah. And, and is it a coincidence that they're getting super fucked up by coronavirus? No. No. But it's slowly getting to that. And like and it's taking these major things for these media outlets to start mentioning it and doctors to start mentioning it. 
Yeah. And they're tiptoeing around. God, they're tiptoeing around. They're, 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 man, that's what's... I mean, there's so many things that are frustrating about it, but they, we need to stop tiptoeing around it because you coddling people's feelings isn't helping... That's why we're in this fucking position in the first yeah, place. Yeah, that's one of the major fucking reasons we're in this position, man. And it's, you know, it's funny they're laying out this big, you know, reopen the economy plan, phase one, phase two, phase three. And now this, they're finally starting to say, separate us as different types of people in society. You know, yeah. people that are more vulnerable need to stay quarantined in phase one and in phase two. So they're starting to tell people, Certain people need to be quarantined longer than others. And you could tell they were, I mean, that was super painful for them too. Yeah. Dude, like they didn't want to do that. I don't understand. I don't understand that because I've, dude, I've heard a lot of people say that. They're like, oh, well, you can't just say some people have to be quarantined and some people can't be quarantined, don't need to be quarantined. No, you can. Can. Yes, you can. That's, that's what we need to do. I don't understand why. Like, why not? Yeah, that's, I don't, it's just that ultra-sensitive culture, man, that the fairness thing. But, it, dude, this, this virus is, don't give a fuck about fairness. Dude, this is the thing that fucking drives me nuts, though, man, is, is uh, like, I, like, they say that, man, they say that, but then, like, they turn around and they mischaracterize that Amazon employee who got fired uh, you know, he, yeah. he helped organize that protest, yep. but there was a lot more to it than that. And that's not why he got fired, man. They continue to this day to mischaracterize why he got fired yep. and what fucking happened there. And it's like, wait a minute, man. Like if quarantine at all costs and all of, you know, like we, we have to, like, this is the most important thing. Then that should be the most important thing. You can't show up when you're supposed to be quarantined. You, you know, we, you, you can't like having all these people together is actually, going against what you're talking about. But no, man, this fucking narrative, this social justice warrior narrative, for a half second, the, the pitch, you see, oh, this is higher still. Yep. There's still, still something that supersedes yeah. Yeah. this quarantine shit. And it's this social justice warrior fucking bullshit. And I was reading uh, somewhere, one of these like Central American or South American countries, they instituted this uh, policy where on, I think like on even days, women can go out and on odd days, men can yeah, go I out. Yeah, I saw that. And but one of their big concerns that they had to address was transgender people. I know. Like, and, well, where did they fall? Yes, and, and that one of the there was another country that had tried to institute something similar, but they scrapped it when they realized that it could be discriminatory against transgender people. And again, I'm like, but I thought quarantine at all costs was the most important thing. Oh, that no. whatever it takes to contain this virus is the most important thing at this point. No. Transgender people's feelings still it's trump more that. I'm just like, dude, this is fucking insane horseshit. It's so it's so maddening and just completely fucking batshit crazy. It, no, it's so crazy, it's man. It's so crazy, dude. It's so fun. The lack of logic that you see manifest itself in this in this situation is putting a magnifying glass on so many of these just illogical. Societal fucking ideas we have. Yeah. Like protecting people. Yes. And then we have to learn, well, what's more important? Feelings or this epidemic? Well, in some ins- instances, it's the feelings. Yeah, but it's like, why? But that, that's where it's like, if it's feel like, so now you're just discounting the feelings of the guy who's watching his entire like life's work crumble before his eyes and yep. wondering how he's going to feed his family. You're basically telling me that his feelings are not important but this 
potential transgender person's feelings are or whatever it exactly. is. You know what I mean? It's yep. like it's madness. It's like fuck that shit, man. That, that that is where exactly that's where you start to see just the bald faced nakedness of what is really going on, which is man, there's just there is the especially it's the fucking media, man, and they have these agendas that they're driving and it doesn't have to make sense. And they don't have to add up. And it's it's fucking maddening. It, 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 there's, that is the best word I can use. It, it is so frustrating and just so maddening. Just the blatant misinformation, misrepresentation. Because they don't, they won't, they will outright lie sometimes. But they don't have to outright lie. They just steer the the idea of the article or the Which headline is, in a certain direction yeah. and they just mischaracterize yeah. and just, it's it's like when they talk about Amazon they're able to just throw in a little blurb about who fired a worker for organizing right. a walkout protest and that's it that's the only blurb right and that's how they leave it and it's like that's so fucking unfair man it's such bullshit dude that's the other thing I, I, I haven't actually read the book but uh, have you ever read or heard of Atlas Shrugged yeah, and ran back. Yeah, are you familiar with the, the concept? Yeah, actually, I read it a long time ago. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, I keep thinking, like, dude, what are we gonna do? Like, quit poking fucking Amazon, you dumbasses. What are we gonna do when he says fuck it? Like when Amazon shrugs, yeah. like you know, again, like if you don't know, like the whole con, like Atlas shrugged, right? Like the concept is Atlas is holding up the world. It's on his shoulders. What what would we do if he decided he was done with this job and fucking shrugged and and walked away? The world would be fucked. And, you know, so what happens if all the high performers out there, there's a small percentage of people that drive the vast majority of what happens, you know, the Jeff Bezos and the, the Bill Gates and the like, you know, these motherfuckers and, and yeah, it, they can take shit too far. But the other thing is, is like, we need them. Right. And, and so they're such easy targets and it's so easy to just like poke them and poke them poke them and poke them and poke them and you're not doing good enough and we want more taxes and you're not blah, 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 blah. Dude, eventually, what happened? What if they just say, "Fuck it, we don't need this shit anymore. I got enough money. I made my money. I'm, I'm gone." Yep. Yep. France did it. Like they shut down mm-hmm. delivery in France. Did they? France kept fucking with them. Yeah. France pushed them to the point where they said it is it is more feasible for us to just shut down operations and delivery in France than to continue to deal with the nonsense. Because again, like the thing that I don't like, man, is again, it's this social justice warrior bullshit where people like, you know, I want equality okay what there needs to be a specific metric that you're looking at and that you want to achieve right like I, we need to end police brutality i agree but we okay so what you're saying is like in this city right now we have this percentage of reports and when we see it get to this number here this is where i'll be happy right but that's not what these fucking people say right they, they just have these ambiguous things that they say and these ambiguous targets right that, that you can't really like nail down and that's like so much of what, you know, you know, the Amazon workers are protesting, saying that they want the facility shut down and clean whenever someone tests positive or, or something. And it's like, you know, like what, but where, like where are you happy? Like what exactly, like, you know, you say that, but what does that mean exactly? Uh, yeah, we need, yeah, you need a hard line. Hard line so that we, yeah. we can do this. We you can you can't come back on us and say, eh, you know, we still don't feel like you're doing enough. And we still don't feel like you're doing enough. And that's what, you know, eventually it starts to feel like. It's like, dude, they, they've already put in a shit ton of measures. And eh, we don't think you're doing enough. Okay, we'll do a little bit more. And eh, we don't think you're doing enough. And it's like, look, and eh, we don't think you're doing enough is not a specific thing that we can look for and, and try to achieve together. 
Mm-hmm. This is just nitpicking and, and and complaining is what it is. And it, it drives me nuts when these fucking, oh, we just, it's, so what do you want? And you guys in France just kept, they're, you know, oh, you're not doing enough. Hey, you're not doing enough. Hey, you're not doing enough. And as long as you're not doing enough, we're going to find you. And they're like, we don't know what the fuck you want. We don't understand. Like it's, and, and you're going to find us. Nah, we're done. We're going to shut down. And that can happen here, man. And like, what would people do if Amazon just said, fuck it? Stop delivering Stop shit. Stop delivering shit. Like, that's all you guys can't place orders here. We're not selling anything else. You're done. Yeah. You're like, dude, they're such a big, easy target right now. Like, every little thing that they do is under this magnifying glass and is being portrayed in a negative light. I am just like, why are you guys biting the hand that feeds you? It makes no sense. Dude, there's so much of this. And so many, so illo- uh, many actions of people that are just illogical. And... And you try to talk to some of these people to figure out exactly why they're thinking things or they... Yeah. And you can't get good answers out of them. Not the people I've talked to or... Again, it's very ambiguous. Yes. And it's just... It's all pointing the finger at these all these other agencies or people that are doing things wrong and how frustrated they are. But like, okay, what would make you happy? And it's, 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 it's kind of... I mean... It kind of is like the slippery slope argument. And you, know, it, you could tie it back into basically like hate speech and censorship. Yeah. It's the same thing. Okay, so if you say this is hate speech, and then, okay, what's the next? You know, because, you know, back in the late 1800s, early 1900s, people talking about abolishing slavery was considered hate speech. Yeah. Right? And because it went against their ideas. It went against the majority. It could incite, it could it could incite, incite riots violence the riots. So yeah. that, that was considered hate speech. Yeah. And for well, it was censored. Like it was censored. censored. Yeah, they were trying censor. to censor it. They were yeah. trying to censor it. And they, but you got to understand, like it's the same kind of idea. Yeah. It's the same mindset, just on the other side of it. Like you got to be fucking careful with this. Yes, it's slippery slopes. It's, it's so. I mean, yeah. Just because you think you're on the right side of this slope doesn't mean that you can't be on the wrong side further down the road. Right. And, and as soon as we start down this, you don't know which side you're going to end up right. on, which is why you don't want to do it, even if. Like just that's why, dude. Again, like so many intelligent people are, uh, like, just the 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 argument again. Like, if the government is not doing this on purpose, it like psychologically the way that they have presented this whole situation is very interesting. Like I said, if it's not on purpose, it's just like wow, like the coincidence and the is. But it's not all about like it's not about saving you. Right, like we're, we were talking about this earlier about like the mask. Right, you're not you're not wearing the mask to protect yourself. Who are you wearing it to protect? To protect the other people you come in contact with. So that means that if I go out and I see you not wearing a mask, yep. I have the right to harass you. Yep. Because you're putting me in danger. Yep. Yes. It's it's no. This whole thing has has been portrayed as there's no personal responsibility in this thing. There's no way that you can take personal responsibility for yourself. Everything that you do is going to harm someone else. And so, therefore, everyone else can get angry at you if you don't do what they feel that you should do. That's where the whole, like, corona shaming thing is coming in and all this shit. And so, like, psychologically, that's very different than, look, this is dangerous. You should wear a mask to protect yourself. You know, if you want to go out, you need to know that you're putting yourself at risk. Like, it's your responsibility to be smart about this versus... It's your responsibility to point out every citizen that's putting you at risk. Yeah. And so, and that's where this whole thing's gotten flipped, like really weird. And so again, if it's not on purpose, it's just, 
it's like, fuck, man, these people are like, they didn't understand the psychological forces that they were unleashing. Like, dude, did you hear uh, Boogeyman, Richie Martinez got a ticket? Well, you, we talked about it a little bit. What did he get a ticket for? He was, uh, he went to his school to film videos for his students and his uh, website, mm-hmm. and that was it. And someone reported him, and he came out of his school, and, and the cops were waiting for him and gave him a fucking ticket. Because you're not supposed to leave your house. Like in California, like they are literally on lockdown. Like the shit that you and I take for granted, kind of living here in Fruta, in, in Junction, like dude, that's there's people who that is not what's going on. Like they literally cannot walk out of their house without fucking neighbors and all sorts of people watching and like, oh, you know, you're walking your dog. We've been out for longer than 20 minutes. That's past the time limit. You know, and like, so that's, that's their reality right now. That's why you're seeing like some of these protests break out because it is draconian. Well, we all kind of have like the same rules. It's just whether it's being enforced, right? Yeah. Is that, that's how to look at yeah. it? Yeah. Technically do the stay at home Technically we're, yeah. we're all under the same stay at home show, yeah. order. So if the government officials around here wanted to start enforcing yep. it, it could be the same situation yes. for us. Correct? It's a matter of desire to enforce it's it. Desire to enforce, right. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and the reality is I, I get the feeling like, man, in general, the, the police and, you know, the authorities don't really want to enforce this shit. You know what I mean? It's not super high on their priority. Like, they didn't sign up to be cops to fucking go break up protests of, like, out-of-work people who just right. want to go back to work, right? Like, they came to get bad guys and, and do good things, not be the strong arm for what may be a new tyranny, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, I, I don't know. We, like, we know... Uh, an officer, several cops and their attitude is like, man, this is not what I signed up for. Like I, you know, again, I'm not putting words in their mouth to whether they're going to obey or whatever, but it, uh, it definitely seems like on the whole, the authorities aren't super fired up to enforce this. The main reason that they're enforcing it like they are is because you have such a hysterical pitch coming from the fucking, the, the people who are just terrified of this shit. You know, they're calling and complaining. Oh, my neighbor's doing this and my neighbor's doing that. You need to call the cops. And it's like, Dude, if, if the cops don't do something, they just keep getting bugged. You know what I mean? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Mm-hmm. And right now you got a lot of people bitching and moaning. And so they're the squeaky wheel. And it's, uh, yeah. I, it, I, so I don't, I think that it's, uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to, the authorities are real fired up. Because they had the protest in California yesterday. And, Did they? Yeah. And they got one scheduled here today. It's like it's starting to, People are starting to call bullshit. Like, come on, man. Like, this is not what you guys told us it was going to be. Well, it's not a sustainable measure. Like, we And it's just not fair because it's not impacting the whole country the same, same way. Just because New York's falling apart does not mean that the entire country needs to just fucking be put on pause. Right. Like, that's just not right. Like, I was telling Kiele, like, this is the thing. Medical systems get overwhelmed and fall apart. I wouldn't say all the time, but on a regular basis. It's called a natural disaster. Right. Right. So this this idea that's been put in our heads that, that ooh, a medical system failing is this giant tragedy that is just, it can't happen. And it just, you know, it, it, it's so fucking terrible. It's like, dude, if this was being portrayed, like if an earthquake had hit New York and, and we were getting like the injuries and death counts that the coronavirus was doing, we'd be like, yeah, makes sense. Get the National Guard there. Get the Army there to help them. Like, it, yeah, of course they're going to get overwhelmed and get fucking shut down. It's a natural disaster. Right? So, it's not like this shit doesn't happen. It's that it, it, it when it does happen, we respond to it. 
It's that we got fucking sold on that this is going to happen everywhere, evenly. And it's not. And so it's like, well, why don't we treat this more like a natural disaster where we're taking care of the hot spots rather than locking everyone down in these draconian measures that are just unprecedented. It goes back to that fucking fairness thing, man, and that call-out culture. You know, you got you got to treat everybody the same. Yep. You, you don't want to be the one that gets looked at like you haven't done enough. Right. Because it's going to be your fault. And, you know, like our leaders, you know, like our governor, Polis, I, I feel for these guys a little bit because they're fucked no matter what they do. Because if they don't look like they've done enough, you know, people are going to be super pissed off. Yeah. But then if they're doing too much, people are like, well, this is fucking too much. You know what I mean? They just... The problem is, a vast majority of us citizens, I hate to say it, are dumb as a motherfucker, man. And they act on their emotion, yes. not on their intelligence. Yeah. They don't take the time to gather as much information as they can and make their own intelligent decisions about it. They just react emotionally. They read headlines from a couple of, you know, their specific news sources and just base, you know, base their reactions on that and fucking freak out. Yeah. And they're... And that's the and those you're trying to control fucking idiots, is the problem. You're trying to lead idiots. Like, okay, please stay away from that ledge. You guys are gonna go off. Let's go back towards this right. ledge. You know, and you you're constantly just trying to steer idiots from fucking ledge to ledge. Yeah, it's it's so frustrating, man. You just see, I see so many people on a regular basis. It's just like, dude, you are too dumb for. The problem is, <laughs> life is just too fucking easy, and so idiots can survive for a long time. Yeah. You get these 60, 70-year-old people that are fucking morons. You get 30, 40-year-old people that are morons. Well, back in the day when you were fighting saber-tooth tigers, morons didn't live too long. Right. So you didn't have to worry about them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. But so now that it's so easy to live, you got to protect the fucking idiots. And it's... <sighs> no, dude, there's so much of that. It's like everybody just wants to feel safe. Like, that's the, the thing. You know, I could be totally wrong. I'm not a constitutional scholar by any stretch of the imagination, but... My understanding of the Constitution is that it doesn't tell me what you can't do. It tells me what my rights are, right? Right. And then, so my, I have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, what's being done is that people have flipped this, and they're saying, but you going outside is putting me at risk. And putting me at risk is impairing my right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness Right, like that's the argument yeah. that people are making. Oh, your rights end where your actions put other people directly at risk. Correct. Right, that's I've, been the fucking response. Right. Both, it's like no, no, no. That's not how the Constitution's written. Those words aren't in the Constitution at all. Those words are not in the Constitution. Those those words say that I have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, if you think that my actions are impairing on your rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The onus is on you to prove it because what you're, you're potentially taking away my rights by your complaint. Right. So you have to fucking prove it. You have to prove and in and, and the, and the fucking measure, the, the hurdle has to be super high because we're talking about taking away someone's rights, their constitutional rights. Okay. I feel like, again, the, the, the easiest example is, uh, you know, you can't run into a crowded theater and yell fire. Right. Okay, well, that, that's, I, I may find that fun. I have freedom of speech, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That makes me happy to do, right? So that's my freedom as an American to do that. I mean, we've already ruled, like, there has, so there is a precedent that, like, no, 
Like, you know, you doing that takes away from their life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness because you're putting people at risk by doing that. And so that, that endangering them does it. So there, like, there is a, a, uh, you know, the, the, the precedent for, for that, right? So it's not just anarchy. There are constraints to our freedoms for sure. But man, you have to prove it. That the way the Constitution is set up is not that like you emotionally feel like you're infringing on my rights, and so therefore you have to stop. It's like no, motherfucker, you need to prove it. You need to have a lot of fucking proof to to take away my right. And that's the way the Constitution is set up because you know again, our four, our founding fathers had lived under a a monarchy, right? You have a king, and a king can just take away your rights for any reason, whatever. Like, they just decide one day that, like, eh, all blonde-haired people must die, or, you know, fucking whatever. Like, well, that's what happens. It's arbitrary. Like, they, your government can make up whatever they want and take away your rights at any time that they want. You have no real rights. So the Constitution was set up knowing, like, no, man, like, you can't have that. Like, there are certain things that supersede taking, like, like there are foundational rights that nothing can take away from. It is, like, your, your freedom or your safety is not worth these freedoms. Because we've lived under a system where someone who says they're keeping you safe just keeps chipping away your freedoms until eventually, you know, they're charging your tax on tea and you never even fucking showed up to talk about it. Yep. Right? Yeah, all under the guise of safety. Exactly. We're doing this for your safety. Yes. Hey, we're the col- you're the colonies. We, we protect you. Like, that was the whole thing. You're under the crown, and, and we're keeping you safe, and that's the, how this works, man. It's all safety. Mm-hmm. And so that was the whole thing. Those that, you know, want to trade their fucking freedom for safety deserve neither. Yep. And that's why that quote, that's why Ben Franklin had that quote, because, again, they lived under a system where they saw how easy it was to have their freedoms taken away and just be gone. And so you, there are things, a world with coronavirus and freedom is better than a world with quote unquote safety from coronavirus and every fucking right that you have in the constitution being trampled on like that. They knew that. That's why they set it up that fucking way. And, and for people to just be ignoring that, just conveniently ignoring that, like that's the most frustrating thing. I'm like, dude, these are fellow Americans. See, I, I believe that they're not conveniently ignoring it. For the most part, I believe they're just ignorant. Ignorant of it, but that is that they, is that they, they, they are just ignorant of it. They yeah. don't. And we talked about it last week. It goes back to uh, what I think. I mean, a lot of things, but a lot of people just don't know their history. They don't know these things you're talking about and we're talking about. They don't. They don't. They don't educate themselves on how places like North Korea are run. Yeah. I know it's an extreme example, but you look at the measures what they. What Kim Jong Un or Il Un, whatever one it is, the measures they they use to keep their people in check, you can draw a lot of parallels, and you can look at it. I, I know it's an extreme example, and I'm not saying we're going there. But, but you see, once you get started on this road, once you get started on the road, where does it end? Yes. And if you're not willing to put up a roadblock and be like, wait a second, yeah, that's what people don't fucking get it, man. Look at look at history. Look at. Uh, what is it, like Rousseau and the French Revolution back in like the late 1700s, 1800s. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. Dude, it's the same fucking shit, man. Go back and read your history. And they, they come at it from a good place. They're doing it, and this is for what the good of the people. The people as a whole. Is it? 
Yeah. You know, is it? It doesn't end well. No, it doesn't end well. Show me a fucking example. Those who don't know, the French Revolution did not end well. Did not end well. (laughs) No. Go back and read that shit and do it. Better yet, go find an example to where... The Bolshevik Revolution in in Russia? Go go show me an example where it does end well. Please. Mobutu in fucking Congo? It does not fucking end well. And all these super fucked up situations, they all start with the fucking guys. It's for... The, your own safety and for the betterment of the people. Yep. Motherfuckers, dude. Read your history. Read your history. God damn it. That's it. It's so maddening to yeah. me. I'm not a history buff, man, but I've, I've read enough. I've seen I enough know. to see the pattern. I see the pattern. And you see why our founding fathers set the Constitution up the way that they did. Because yes. you cannot start down that slope. And that's what I'm saying. Like that's the thing that just blows me away. Is like maybe this is what we need to do, but there should be a fucking like a fever pitch to get our constitutional rights back as soon as possible. And and people are just like, no, no, it doesn't matter. Like this whole, you know, they, like you, you mention it and you just get the whole like, well, your rights end when they directly put other people at risk. And it's like, dude, that's such a bullshit fucking argument. Like, yeah, show me the science. Where I'm show me the risk. science of where I'm putting you at risk. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, these are the same people that just admitted that their models were wrong. You know what I mean? Like, you're just, you just you asking me to put my rights on hold based on the fucking predictions and models and, and all this shit coming out of uh, people that I don't know, models that I don't understand, things that have already been proven wrong uh, over and over. You know what I mean? Like that that does not meet the hurdle. Like right. I don't know. I, I, the the really where this is going to be decided. I was telling Kiela yesterday. Like I'm super curious to see where we're at in five years. You know, five, ten years. Like, was this an anomaly where we just lost our collective minds for a moment and we we woke up and we realized never again, this will never happen again? Or is this the new norm where anytime there's some sort of like potential threat, the government can just put us on lockdown? Like what what what's gonna what's it gonna be? And really what it's gonna come down to is the courts. Like, the courts are going to decide. That's how our system's set up. The government says one thing, the people, the people say, say another, and you got the courts that that try to arbitrate it. And, like, that is going to be really where this is decided. Because if the courts come down on the side of the government, we're, that's trouble. we're in trouble because this is the new normal. But if they come down on the side of the people and it's like, okay, we don't have to worry about this shit again. Because that's the thing is, like, like, we get past coronavirus. You think this is the last thing like this? No, this dude, this is minor compared to to what can happen. Yeah, you know, you if you get like an Ebola type virus, that's even way more deadly. And you know, if you get a version of that, that's more transmittable. Yeah, then we're in serious trouble. Or what if Yellowstone fucking blows up and we go into a goddamn nuclear winter or something? Yeah, dude, this is this is a dry run. This is really in the grand scheme of things, this isn't. That major of an ordeal. It is. You know what I'm. Do you know yeah, what I mean? It yeah. could be a lot worse. No, it could be a lot and if worse. We're folding under pressure under this little thing. Yeah. And we don't. We don't see the writing on the wall from this. Fuck. Yeah. I, I hate to think of where it could go. I don't even want. I don't even want to entertain it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'll. That's. Uh, that's. That's. That's going to be the interesting thing. Yeah, Kelly said like two churches in California are suing the state. So, I mean, there's starting to be some lawsuits. Like, people are starting to, I guarantee you, some of those tickets that are being handed out are going to end up in court being disputed. And this is going to be real interesting to see where the judges come down on it. Because I just, I don't see constitutionally where any of this is uh, allowable. I, I just don't understand it. 
Like, yeah, like federally, I understand it, but constitutionally, I don't understand it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, we have like unalienable rights. Like these things are like, you can't fucking like, and again, man, it's like, it's our medical system. Like, what if we decide we want to break it? I don't care. <laughs> you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Right. But it's like, <clears throat> we were just, we were never given any, like, there was no discussion about this. There was no, like, all of a sudden you're just being told. It was like your parents just said, yeah, this is what's happening, kids. You're grounded. You're grounded. For what? What did I do? So like, wait a minute. Can't we talk about this? Isn't there some other options? Nope. You're grounded. Mm-hmm. You're grounded. And it's just like, fuck, man. Like, yeah, that's, uh, that's no good. So, but they are trying to get things opened up. But the jujitsu school situation is real sketchy. Super sketchy. Because that's like the last thing. That's like the last phase is gyms that can uh, just, you know, basically regular gyms. Like, because up until that, like phase one and phase two, it's gyms that can maintain the social distancing standards. And jujitsu is pretty much the exact opposite of social distancing. Which is one of the reasons that makes it so great. Mm-hmm. Like we've talked about that. Like you getting like we live in a world where we're just you know th- our interactions with people are so impersonal so many times that like having these intimate uh, you know having people come in your space and learning how to deal with that and like having these these interactions with people is important as a human. And so, uh, but that's what makes jiu-jitsu the last thing on the list so because they're gonna be able to open up like you know your regular karate schools and shit they'll be able to open up because they can stand six feet apart and do their cottages and cottage, shit yeah. and uh you know regular gyms let's talk about the like youth sport things or in youth activities they're gonna try to get going as soon as possible so what it sucks because for like jiu-jitsu schools you know you're the last thing to open back up and like especially if you got like a kids program you know, and you got kids that decide like, man, I'm, I want to do something or their parents are like, I need to get them out of the house. They need to do something. So, oh, soccer, soccer sign them up for soccer ball, or, or oh, yeah. you know, the, the karate studio down the street's open, you know, they're able to go, let's just go there. And it may be with the best of intention of going back and training when the school's open, but Which we all know how that goes. Yeah, there's definitely a, a percentage. So it's like, fuck man, jujitsu school's got the raw end of the deal on this. Uh, for sure. So it's, uh, cause yeah, we don't know. There's no idea like when jujitsu school is going to be able to get going back at regular. Yeah, and it's so hard to pace. make it. You can't even make a good estimate as to when we're going to sort this out as a society and just get back to normal. Yeah. Fuck, there's, there's no telling. It changes every day, every week. It's like, oh, what's, what's coming down? You know, what's coming down next? Here we go. It's, yeah. I know, yeah. Oh, we'll see. I'm thinking by midsummer. I mean, I'd say like in 90 days, the next 90 days, we should at least have an idea. Like maybe we won't be where, uh, yeah, jiu-jitsu schools are opening in 90 days, but we should have a, a idea of when we'll be able to, you know, another month or two weeks or whatever it is. But That's your hope? So three months from now? Yeah. So where are we at? We're middle of April right now, right? Yep. May, June, mm, July, July, like somewhere like July, August. Hmm. Yeah. I know. It's weird, man. It's, it's so weird. <clears throat> it's basically for a lot of people right now. It's like a world without jujitsu. Yeah. And fuck that. We're training. Yeah, we're training. Say, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. You know, we've been kind of hush-hush and like 
part of me, I feel a little weird, like, telling people that uh, a group of us still get together and train. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I think I had, me personally, like, I got to stand my ground and be like, no, I'm fucking training. Yeah. And I got to be okay with saying that. Like, not, not... Being, because I don't know what I was really afraid about, like being persecuted or judged. It's or, just weird. It's easy. It's, it's it's easy to slap the swastika on your fucking arm and, and go because everybody else has it on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like well-meaning people that don't even believe in that shit. It's so easy to just be like, look, man, I don't want to deal with, I just don't want to deal with the stares and the yeah. questions and all that stuff. So I'll just, I'll go along with it. Mm-hmm. It's like me. I, I struggle with that wearing a mask. Like, I'm not going to wear a mask inside a fucking store mm-hmm. until I have to. Until, like, they're going to fucking find me and throw me in jail for it. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's funny. Is I, I pro- Probably this week at work, I can see it coming now because our governor here in Colorado yeah. put out the quote-unquote, I don't know what it means exactly, but the executive order that all essential employees have to wear a mask. Yeah. And so I'm sure my employer next week will mandate that we're wearing masks. Yep. Yeah, and the same thing. Like, you're right. Dude, it's so impersonal to to wear a mask. I'm out in the real world every day, man, out in the public. I'm driving around all parts of Colorado. And more and more people are wearing masks. And it's so impersonal, man. Not being able to see somebody's expression. Yeah. So you don't know if they're joking with you, if they're being friendly. Like It's it's very inhuman. And it, it is, man. You know, cause we're social creatures. We're, we're social, set up to... We're social creatures. And, you know, and for example, like I'm kind of a smart ass. Like, you know, even, like if I got these customers I go to on a regular basis, we, we'll, you know, rib each other. Yeah. And, you know, give each other a hard time and shit here and there. But sarcasm relies heavily on facial expressions. You know, I can, I can walk up and be like, hey, you lazy fuck, you working hard? You know, or like, why don't you get me unloaded? You know, go grab your forklift. And if I say that with a smile, the guy chuckles and be like, oh, don't worry, I'll get to it. But if I walk up with a mask on and say that, completely changes the tone of things. Yeah. Yeah, like you can't, you can't do that. No. You can't do that because you, if you got sunglasses and a mask on, you could just, you just come across as a real asshole. <laughs> Fucking unibomber. Yeah, then, you get, then you're getting yourself into a fight. Like it's so impersonal. Man. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't either, man. I hope that it's not the new norm. I know that in some, you know... Uh, areas of the world that wearing masks is just kind of the, the you know more normal thing but man i i, I don't like it i don't either. like it i hope that doesn't become I, I, i'm gonna have to write you i bet you anything i'm gonna have to do it this week i'm surprised that some of the a lot of the customers that i deliver to haven't got that rule in place to where you can't come on the property unless you're wearing a mask you yeah can, I, i'm sure that it'll be coming i just matter of time yeah and like I say, my, I'm sure my employer will be mandating it. Because, you know, there has been places I deliver to to where all the employees have masks. And it was, you know, company-wide mandate. Mm-hmm. Like, no, you guys are wearing masks. Yeah. And if you don't like it, you know, there's the door. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, man. I don't know, it's weird. But, yeah, back to what I was saying, though, is, yeah, I had a hard time admitting to people, like, no, I'm still training. Because, like, you see, I got a big fingernail scratch on my forehead. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'm going to end up showing up at work with, like, a shiner. You know, yeah. it just happens. A fat lip. I got crossface pretty hard yesterday. I'm surprised I didn't have a fat lip today. Um, Yeah, man, like, fuck that. No, I'm training. You know, I got my select group of friends that we, we've been together since, like, the beginning of this thing. So, if we're infecting each other, we're infecting each other, you know. We're all responsible, healthy individuals. Yeah. And we're choosing to, to do that. Yeah. And we shouldn't feel, I mean, it, it's, again, it's this whole, whole society where it now makes you feel a little, like people are going to judge you. Right. And cast you out for doing it. Oh, yeah. And and I think, 
if you let them make you feel that way, then they're already winning. Yeah, they win. They win. That's how they win. And that's how they win. And so you can't. You got to stand your ground. Like, no, yeah, fuck that, man. This isn't right. That's not right. Uh-uh. That's not right. It's not right. So, and that's, yeah, I think, again, man, like, in the beginning, we all, we all needed to kind of, okay, man, this is, what the fuck's going on? This is weird. Let's, mm-hmm. let's do our thing. Let's kind of pull together and see where this goes. And as we get through this and you realize, like, oh, my God, there's so much political-driven bullshit behind just this the 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 situation in general and the people's responses as individuals like this isn't this isn't what we were told it was and so like me like this is bullshit like so me sacrificing all of my rights and feeling you know shamed and wearing a mask and all this stuff is uh it's un-american mm-hmm. and so yeah like like we need fucking people like i'm glad there's protesters out there it makes me feel better mm-hmm. and it especially makes me feel better that there's protesters and the police weren't like cracking down on them right off the bat like again that was one of those rubber meets the road moments where i was really curious to see what happens like are the police literally going to prevent people from gathering and protesting or like how are they going to handle this and man people got together and protested fucking a america it's like it's our god-given right maybe we are driving ourselves off a cliff with it but like it's our fucking right we're like we're gonna do it as a free people man like, we're not going to be contained cowards. And again, like, I don't mean to... It, 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 we're just a different mentality, man. Like, I don't mean to disparage uh, Europe, but, man, like, they grew up under a monarchy. You know what mm. I mean? Like, just your mind... They still have fucking kings and queens over there. I <laughs> know. You know what I mean? Or just There's a mindset. Just a generational, intergenerational, and, and just, you know, national and continental mindset that you have... When you come up under a king and queen, like you're just, you learn to be subservient. It's just, it's in your nature. They tell you to stay home, you stay home. May you tell Americans to stay home, like, fuck you. And that's what makes us fucking Americans. And that's great. Like, we need Americans. So, because we didn't have that shit. Like, we came up the opposite of it. We're like, fuck that shit. So. Yeah, without that, I, I think that American fuck you drives so much innovation. Yeah. I mean, look at China. They don't have the American fuck you, so they just steal all steal our, our shit. They steal our innovation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so... Even the fucking lab that this got out of was them trying to copy us and right. show that they could do the same thing as us. And and yeah, nope. Can't, motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Can't copy us. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. They, there's a lot of what they're doing isn't innovation. It's just copying our innovation. But we do the whole being so reliant on them for manufacturing. I think that's another one of these things that I hope we wake up to. Like Trump, it was like, it's not wrong, man. It's not being isolationist. It's not being anti-foreigner. It's being intelligent. It's being smart. Like there are like this, this borderless world that we think that we live in is not, it's like, yeah, but not really. Like you see like, oh, when there's an emergency, there are borders. Mm And now, okay, well, what do we have in our borders that we control? Oh, fuck, not much. <laughs> we, we went to the, uh, these other borders over here because in the borderless world, it made sense. But in an emergency where there are borders, we're kind of fucked. So, yeah, that's. I, I hope people wake up to that too. So we need more U.S.-based manufacturing and we need less fat people. Dude, I... I saw that back when I was working in the auto industry back in late 90s, early 2000s. You know, I was working in machine shops, you know, in the auto industry in particular. 
and we would lose work to they would farm out like a sheet metal die a stamping die you know we would lose the work to china they would farm it out or plastic yep. injection mold which was really bad they would farm out this work to some chinese shop do almost every time that that tooling would get brought back in and it was terrible fucking craftsmanship we would have to go through and remachine and re-engineer yeah. and fix so much shit. But do and do General Motors in particular would do that on a regular basis. They would farm out a, a big tool, like a, a, a die to stamp out the car door or something. There's some sort of, sort of car part. They would farm it out to fucking China. They would bring it back and it would just it'd be all fucked up. And so they'd bring it to a specialty shop like ours and our engineers and our machinists be like, please fix this for us. And they would spend almost as much money as it would have been. They, but it was still a little cheaper because uh, China doesn't have the, the regulations that we have to, yeah. keep, to take care of our environment, which they should, which we should. I'm glad we have them. They don't have a lot of these things, so they can do it cheaper. But it's shitty fucking work. Yeah. And so we would have to go through and fix everything. And it would have been easier for us to design it and build it from the jump. Yep. It would have been higher quality. It would have been more efficient. But no. They farm it out, bring it back, let skilled people well, fix it. Yeah. And then and then they are up and running. Because on the quarterly budget, they can show that, oh, we're getting this thing for this. Like, they don't have to show, like, that they have budgeted. They don't budget having it fixed. Right. So, like, the budget looks good. Like, oh, we're able to get this for this rather than this. And it looks great to the pencil pushers and, and on paper in the short term. But, like you said, yeah, you have all these unforeseen things that happen. And it's that this that myopic view that uh, that we have. Like, that's the... Um, man, it's really, like, a lot of what made this country great was business leaders with that American fuck you attitude mm-hmm. of like, no, this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go down with the ship if I do it. And it's like, now it's all just like, we got these corporate talking heads at, you know, answering to stockholders and, and they're bored. You know what I mean? So it's like, there is no fuck you. This is how we're doing it. You know, we're going to, this, you know, like Steve Jobs was like that, you know, it was like, man, we're going to, no, we're putting it all in this, this iPad or i pod thing that no one's ever heard of and I'm doing it that way and that's what people loved about him right it was like man no I'm not going by focus groups I'm not answering to my stockholders if he had done a focus group on the iPod people didn't want it you know what I mean like they weren't unhappy with their their CD players their disc (laughs) mans right exactly like and it, it had no context it didn't make any sense remember like it wasn't until he said a thousand songs in your pocket that it really like Oh, I don't want an iPod. I want a thousand songs in my pocket. Right. Right. And so, but if you had done a, a focus group on, you know, the the features of the iPod and, and you know, and, and that, like, people wouldn't know that they want it. And then you go to the stockholders and you're like, oh, we're thinking of designing this thing. And they're like, but the focus groups hate it. And there's no market for this. And so you, you can't do that. Oh, okay. Well, we got to go with the, we'll, we'll design the Apple Discman 3, yes. Like that that would have been, like if Steve Jobs ran Apple the way that so many companies today are run, that's what would have happened. Mm-hmm. It's like, and we've just, we've lost that because people are so focused on that, you know, the the quarterly budget and, and answering the stockholders on the, you know, in the every quarter kind of thing. And so they don't see that farming that shit out to China. What? How does that impact things in five years? And that's what we've talked, like, not... When I say we, I mean like just kind of the collective uh, 
you know, US or whatever, but one of the things that allows China, like they have that long-term vision, right? Because their, their companies are kind of government owned entities as well. And so they can do things in the short term that don't make the greatest sense financially, but have this long-term vision in mind. And so it's like, we're playing, uh, you know, we're playing checkers and they're playing chess. Mm-hmm. And and we got to get past this like one move at a time thing and start to figure out how to think several moves ahead. But you can't when you have, you know, just the, the way that it's set up now. Uh, like, I guess, you know, I don't know. I guess like, what is it, man? Like stockholders should be holding people more accountable for like how they're producing things you know it's not just am i making money it's like how am i making this money but not only that i I agree with that but also man the mindset of like this infinite growth oh yeah where does this come from it's not yeah where does it come from it's not sustainable man no if you're for example i'm sure we've mentioned this on here before but let's say you're trying to build your squat strength up like i'm doing right now i'm trying to get my legs stronger you know just the mindset of back squatting again and after surgeries and whatnot but, like, okay, I, I right now I can get my squat strength up, like, you know, five pounds every two weeks. Yeah. You know, and, and so I'm retreating. But that's not sustainable. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that, that's, that's sustainable for a very short period of time. Because, you know, if you stretch that out, as you know, it just doesn't, you, you're not going to add five pounds to your squat every two, you're not going to add four pounds to your squat every month indefinitely. Right. I'd be like fucking Hafthor Bjornsson, world's strongest man, you know, squatting, you know, 1,500 pounds. Like, In like six months, yeah. Yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. So why do we apply that same principle to these businesses? They, oh, no, we got to show growth. We got to show growth. Growth, growth, growth. Yeah. Growth at all costs. Growth yeah. at all costs. Like, um, no. Yeah. Well, dude, go, yeah, that, that's the mindset. Just to, the first thing we talked about, the BMX racing thing, uh-huh. that's what drives that growth at all costs. You have to see the industry grow. And so it, 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 it's... Yeah, and then the growth can come at the expense of things because it just it has to grow. So, but see, that's maybe that maybe that goes back to the part of the America fuck you culture that is bad is that we're always trying to grow and stronger and bigger. I think we need to once you get like an industry or business to a certain point, like okay, this is good. Let's just maintain this right here. Yes, it's it's okay to maintain this. But, but again, I, I can see the other side of that. Like, well, if you're not growing, you're dying. And yeah, but growth can come in like so many different so ways. So many different ways. Like, yeah. And, and yes, but the, but I see a, like a lot of industries fueled by that. And that's where a lot of the, you know, cutting corners and bad things happen. It's just that growth at all costs. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is. And that's where, again, like why the economy is, uh, obviously this is just a, a major blow to it in general. But, you know, why it was a little fragile. I mean, there have been some rumblings that, you know, this was, you know, we were, we were at the edges of a bubble yep. uh, before. And, but it, a lot of it is driven with, from that, like, growth at all costs. That's why the bubbles happen, because people are trying to drive growth at all costs, and they're artificially driving growth, mm-hmm. and it's not sustainable. And then it fucking blows up, and, and, you know, you always have to pay the piper eventually, and... It's just like, yeah, man. It's it's uh, remember old fucking like Enron way back in the day. I do remember Enron. I, like I don't remember the story of it. I'd, I'd have to go back and read up on it. It was just, 
I, mean, I know it's some sort of like Ponzi scheme, right? I can't well, no, the they just cooked the books. Like basically, they just created bookkeeping, allowed them to look like they were making more money and being more profitable than they actually were. And so, you know, Wall Street and everyone's saying what the value of the company is based on these projections, or, you know, these numbers. And of course, a lot of it was driven from growth. They had to show growth, you know, year over year, quarter over quarter. You know, they had, a, you know, this is what our predictions is. So if you predict you're going to grow X amount and you don't, even if you grow, right, but you don't quite hit your thing, like that's looked at as bad in the in the business world. And so a lot of it was driven from uh, this like growth at all costs mindset. And, you know, that's what fucking drove the, the housing bubble, uh, you know, just the whole like, you know, growth, growth, growth. The, and yeah, it's fucking crazy, man. Like we never learn. Like as humans, yeah, the fucking tulip uh, almost bankrupted Denmark, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like mm-hmm. we just as humans, we don't see the patterns and we don't understand it. Like things can't continue to grow forever. Like that value of that tulip cannot grow every day forever. Like there's going to be a point where you know reality sets in, and hopefully it doesn't bankrupt your whole country over it. But that's what continues to happen. Is like you know housing values can't go up forever. Freaking you know, the profits on this company can't go up forever. And yeah, I do think that is one of those things like is as a society moving forward, like just how you're judging the health of a company uh, is, is going to have to change because yeah, growth is not. And again, man, like what's, what's gross about it too is that's what drives us pushing our bullshit on the rest of the world. That's why McDonald's is in, some fucking random African country, mm-hmm. you know, growth. We need international growth, 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 growth. And it's like, dude, like, we don't need, like McDonald's, that's poison. Like, we don't need that shit going out there. But like the mindset, like we're exporting our own bullshit because we have to grow. And oh, we don't have any more Americans. Well, where can we go with it now? And yeah, it's, it's not a good mindset. No, not sustainable. It's not sustainable. At that's all. just it. Just like, yeah, everything you do, whether it's training or fucking economic growth, it's got to be sustainable. And growth isn't sustainable forever. So you're going to hit the plateau. It happens. I mean, that was one of the things Kelly and I had to look at with Pelling Innovations. Because, you know, we get into it and everyone's like, you know, grow, grow, grow. And get on Amazon and, you know, do this and do that and get more money. And eventually we had to sit down and look at it and just be like, man, this is, like, why are we doing this? Well, it's just because this is what everyone says. Like if you're, you know, they, you got to grow, you got to keep growing. And, and it's like, well, why? Well, why not just figure out what we need, maintain that and be happy with it. And, you know, we had, it's funny, we had had that discussion and made that turn like a couple months before all this shit hit. And it's good because the decisions we had made to try to just, no, we're, we're going to sustain where we're at rather than just keep pushing to try to like grow, 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 uh, you know, we were definitely in a better position because, man, if, you, if you've if you got, like, your ass hanging out there leveraging some loan or, or whatever for growth in some black swan event happens, like, it's just the bet, right? Like, what's the, the, the your, is the bet worth it? And so, yeah, sometimes it is. I've definitely put out some big chunks of money for this thing to get it going because there are points where, like, you do need to fuel growth. But you do also need to recognize like, okay, where am I reaching like a comfortable spot? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with just being great instead of being big. So 
that's what we need more more like small companies being great rather than big companies just trying to be bigger just hanging on and being bigger right but this just fucking did the opposite of that man we just put out a, a whole bunch of those fucking small businesses out of business and made the big growth hunters even stronger then you know that that is going to be one of the biggest casualties of this thing unless we start course correcting quickly there's going to be so many small businesses, man. They're just getting wiped out. Yeah. And, you know, restaurants, you know, jiu-jitsu gyms. They, a lot like that. They're just, they don't have the, you know, the bank accounts to support paying their rent for the next six months with no business. Yeah. No. A good majority of them don't. A vast majority of them don't. And so what's that? We need to get back up and running to look out for all those people. Yeah. Yeah, man, small businesses are the, like, that's what we should be supporting. That's, yeah. like, the future. Yeah. It's just, like, uh, you know, just, like, the, the future of employment, right? Like, the being smaller and, and more mobile. Like, the idea of, like, you know, teams coming together to work on a project and then, you know, going and doing their thing. And it's, like, that, you know, because the idea of like, hey, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to uh, work here for the next 60 years. And I'm going to get a gold watch and a pension at the end of it. Like, that's just not. I, I know some people still think that way, but that's like, slowly going away. that's not the reality, man. So like, yeah, things are changing. Like, the, you know, these big companies trying to grow. You just getting a job with one of these big companies that's always trying to grow and work in your 60 years and they'll take care of you because like that's. That was the model, mm-hmm. and it's like, it, the, but things change, but we're still trying to run, like it's a dinosaur. So I'm saying, like the this whole thing is gonna be, it's exposing the fucking dinosaurs, and you're seeing a lot of it, fucking. But then you see our government just acting like children too. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, so anyways. Fuck, I had a question for you. I totally forgot what it was. We dragged it down? I don't know. I might have. It was like even like a jujitsu related question. But, no, I can't remember it. That's alright. No. Oh, no, that's right. I did. I have an admission. It's not even a question. It's an admission. Okay. I give up. I give in. I gotta learn some lapel guard shit. So, (laughs) that's gonna be my next... Uh, what, what, what was the catalyst of this? What? Just everybody grabbing my goddamn lapel. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even if I just want to, I need to know it. So you can defend so it. So I can defend it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm, it's, uh, it's, it's getting old. So <laughs> I give up. I give in. I need to learn how to wrap that lapel around people or keep them from doing it to me. Mm-hmm. But, or when they do do it to you, what's the... Yeah, I mean, I got some basic answers, but it, it is the is people like the higher level with it. It's just not fucking working. I mean, like Callum and his lapel guard shit is driving me nuts, and fucking Luke and Randy are all using it. And it's like, yeah, it's like when I go wrestle those guys, it's just like lapel guard madness. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, all right, all right, I am. I'm getting beat in in situations just because of positional knowledge. Like, I just don't. I don't really understand the road that they're leading me down and I think I'm all right. And then all of a sudden I realize like I'm not all right. Right. And, and that's the good, like that's what that shit should be doing. So, but, uh, yeah, I feel like I've fought it long enough. That's funny. So we'll, uh, I know, but, uh, yeah, I got to dig what 
You said you got like the lapel guard. I got the I got a couple of Keenan, um, like the lapel guard of terror or some shit. I got yeah. I got a couple of his instructionals. Yeah, I know he's so, having like a sale on his lapel guard encyclopedia, encyclopedia now. Yeah. Might be looking at investing in that. We're not a bad idea. So yeah. That's good. I like when you go down these other rabbit holes because then it helps me go down <laughs> rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've been coming out of uh the the half guard rabbit hole and mm-hmm. now I gotta I was just like, okay, what's my next rabbit hole? And that's gonna be it. Still I gotta work on my passing too. My passing's okay, but not where I want it to be. Nothing's really where I want it to be. Sometimes I just feel <laughs> like like nothing's working. I know. There, the there's fuck, days that, man. There's days I leave the mat and I'm so happy with myself and the world is great. And it's funny how much jujitsu will affect your mood. And there's days I leave the mat and I'm Fuck! I hate life. This is so stupid. Like last night was one of those. I like I took more ass whoopings than I handed out last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Left, me too. I left just discouraged. Like this is I fucking god damn it coronavirus. Yeah. I'm getting my ass kicked. This is bullshit. I was a little like last weekend. I got caught. <laughs> you caught me in that fucking rear naked side choke trying to turn into you and uh, and fucking Lucas had caught me in the exact same thing. Did he on Friday? Yeah. yeah. And man, yeah, both times I was just like, so I was like my last round too. So there's no chance to redeem yourself. I was so salty. I was like, I told you, man, I, I spent some fucking time. Like, all right, what did I do? Cause you get, we got in a similar position last night and I was like, no, 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 no. I know, I know where <laughs> oh, I got to yeah, get yeah, my yeah. shoulder. It was sort of similar, but yeah, a little different. Yeah. Okay. So now that comment makes more sense. Okay. I wasn't connected. You made that comment, and I chuckled last night. But now that you say that, like, oh, okay, yeah, that was a similar, yeah, t- ish situation yep. type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a you start to like set up that 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 rear naked on me, and there's a moment where if I don't fucking turn my shoulder into you, mm-hmm. and I keep it turned this way, even though I've got my head turned, I'm kind of coming this way. I still got my back exposed. Yeah, and if I can get my sternum on your yep. shoulder, yep. you can't turn back into yep. me. And then I can, even if I don't have good control, I can wrap up a rear naked grip good enough to yep. where like you're, and, you're in trouble. And then yeah, and if I don't recognize it early, and then it's just like yep. And yeah. Lucas had caught me in the exact same fucking thing on the on Friday, and so God, I was so bitter. And I was like, all right, what am I doing here? So like, I had to break it down and think about it. But yeah, that's like last night we were getting in that position, and I was like, no. Cause it's weird. Like you go to like, you start climbing up on me and it like, it feels like I want to try to like hip out, hip up into you yep. and get heavy on your shoulders to try to pin you back down. But that just turns my shoulder a little bit more. It's more of a rotation fight. Yeah. It's a rotational fight as opposed to like a, a pushing and weight distribution yeah. fight. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to get heavy on your, on your front end and you, and you beat that shoulder and lock it into place. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm stuck and I can't. And I got two arms around your neck or at least one good one. Yeah, one man. Hanging on uh, just fucking. Yeah. So it, uh, yeah. I was like, fuck, what the fuck? It happened to me twice in two days. So. It's, Usually uh, when that happens, it's not because your opponents are doing the same thing. It's because you made a mistake. It's because you yeah. recognize it. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. If it's it's it, obviously I'm the I'm the common denominator. Well, it's, I'm it, not it, forcing the reaction. I am, or maybe I am forcing the forcing reaction. You, right? You are. It it's hard, and it goes back to though. It's a really good rule. If someone gets one arm around your neck, be slightly alarmed. If they get two in that vicinity. Be very alarmed. Very alarmed. That becomes priority numero uno. Yeah. And we get cocky. You know, yeah. you get other grips or you get in a position. 
Which is, it's and, not a position that you normally are, uh-huh. are threatened by. You but know? but it, it goes back to like yeah. that. That is a really good rule. Two arms around your head is a fucking no no. Yeah. No matter where you think you are, it it's a gamble. You you can you can still get out sometimes. You can be okay. Right. But you're best off just addressing that threat. Like, oh, this could be a potential threat really quickly. Let's deal with this and then go back to what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was that the first arm around the neck. Like I said, I didn't feel threatened by it. I knew you were grabbing around. But, yeah. But like I said, once I figured out, okay, I just got to get that that, uh, shoulder into the chest. That's just good old-fashioned rear naked choke defense. Mm -hmm. I learned that one from Randy. Mm -hmm. It's like, man, if I can square up and get my shoulder in his chest so he doesn't have his sternum on my back. Dude, he he squeezed the fucking life out of me so bad. Oh yeah, he'll still squeeze the life out of you from there, but yeah, it's, uh... he's such a fucking gorilla. He went gorilla mode on me last night and just fucking t- snatched my soul. Oh man, that was the end. I was like, that's it, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, what did he get me? And he got me in a fucking armbar, closed guard armbar. It's just hard, man. He gets his fucking legs around you. <laughs> he grabbed my head, just bam, posture broken. <laughs> Climbs both legs up high, gets locked around my shoulders. And you're not moving. I'm just like, you're you know, man, I'm just fucking trying to find any daylight in this whole scenario. And then you're just sitting there with both arms hanging out there, and he's going to this one. So I'm trying to change my angle to defend that. So he goes to this one, <laughs> back to here, and eventually he's like, oh, man. Yeah, and then he does a super flexible, like, he doesn't have to throw his leg around your head. He just grabs his fucking chin and wraps it around the front of your face. And it's like, because I I was waiting. I was like, okay, he's going to have to move. He's going to have to, like, move to get his head around, to throw a leg around my head. He's like, nope. Nope. He just kept the squeeze the whole time and just fucking moved his shit in front of my face. I was like, wait wait a minute, man. Mm -hmm. It's the Randy rules. Yeah, there's some different principles that apply when wrestling with him. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Like, don't let him grab you. <laughs> don't let him grab you, yeah. Yeah, the underhooks are not as valuable as you think. No. Those oh, get, no. Those get turned into overhooks oh. of doom quickly. <laughs> yeah, I very rarely underhook for Randy. Dude, yeah, for if I do, position, it's low, man. Low. Yeah, very low. Yeah. Can't let him fucking wrap around. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's good, man. It's He's good. like the, the, the boss fucking super boss at the end of the game and if you haven't leveled up your character enough yeah you're in trouble exactly you gotta go back down you think you've leveled up you go in like like, nope "Nope, need better armor work on armor exactly (laughs) (laughs) need better defense need better defense let's go back down to the smaller levels and build my character and then come back again that's exactly what it is man yeah yeah it's good that's what I have to remind myself like night lights like nights like last night uh where I'm walking off the mat not feeling so good about myself. It's like, you know, this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is good. I have a bunch of great training partners that are pushing me and, and making me get better. And it's like, yeah, you, you love those nights where you walk off the mat and you feel like you were on fire and you're getting everyone, but it's like, that's not... It's better that those happen uh, fewer than the other. Yeah. It's better for you in the long run. Exactly, man. Yeah. I always think of uh, old One Punch Man. Saitama. And it's like, you know, it was his whole thing. He's like, you think that being ultra powerful and invincible would be awesome, but it's fucking boring. You're like, all he wants is a challenge. Will someone please, please just fucking take more than one punch just once. That's all he wants. 
And every time he thinks he's found an opponent, he gets all excited, and then he finds out no. I forgot about One Punch Man. Yeah, that's funny though. But that's that is the theme. Is like really, man. Like at least as a jujitsu guy, like that's what I look at it. And I'm like, man, you know, you think you want to be invincible and just kicking everybody's ass, but it would get boring. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, if you think about it, it, probably would get really boring. It's like, all right, well, I'm, I miss having a challenge. I just want somebody wants to stop me. So. But that's not my problem. No. No. It's not my problem. No, no, no. I have to... Uh, I know. Like, like the core group of guys we've been training with, it's a rough fucking group. Yeah, there's no easy rounds, man. Zero. It's all... Uh, I mean, we had our... The white belt dude, he was in there last night, but pretty much it's all fucking purple belts and black belts. There's three black belts and mm. like four purple belts. Yep. Yeah, so somewhere in there. We're keeping under the 10 yep. level. So we're following some of the guidelines. Kind of. Kind of. Following our own guidelines. Exactly. Exactly. So speaking of which, we're going to go break Let's some go social train. distancing. Yeah. and Got our live stream we're doing. Is Kevin coming to train with us today? I don't know. I told him about it. Did so you? he might uh, come in and train. I feel like fucking whooping his ass today. I'm going to text him. I always feel like whooping his ass. and just... I'm going to fuck him up today. <laughs> It, uh, hopefully he listens to this I don't know if he still listens to us or not I don't know I don't think so I didn't roll with him last night because he's been coming out and rolling training with us out here a few nights mm-hmm. a week so I've been it's like him and Kiele I've been rolling with them more than anything it's like last night when you're like you guys rolling I'm like nope <laughs> I gotta roll with somebody else I'm like if I gotta try to dig her elbows out one more time I'm gonna go crazy yeah I'm at no rolling with I, I, I gave Kelly a little cross face last night. She was really digging those elbows in. And it was it's kind of the same principle. I did I was it was a really nice cross face as far as cross faces go. And you know, with the forearm. But because it's kind of the same thing as a when someone's on your back and you're defending the rear naked choke and you get cocky and you start defending the feet, thinking they're not gonna crush your face. So you start building these habits like, hey, oh this this is working really good. And she was really hunkered into her fucking koala snuggle guard, fucking all balled up. I was like, okay. I was like, there's holes in this. Let me show you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then all of a sudden, those elbows came up. I'm like, yep, there's a reason cross races work. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to do it too meanly. I know, that's right? the tough thing with her, man. Yeah. Is like, But you have to do something. You have to. Well, I- that, that's, that's the reason, you know... It goes back to like the principle I've talked about in jiu-jitsu before. A lot of times, you have to make your opponent uncomfortable yeah. so they make a mistake. And if they're good and tough, you're going to have to make them real uncomfortable. Yep. And so their own toughness is their own demise sometimes. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, sometimes you have to. Yep. Because you, know, it's, you, know, you can just shell up and not give up any openings. Yep. And so that, in the sport we're playing... That is your opponent. Your opponent is going to have to make you uncomfortable. You gotta force an opening. You're gonna have. Yep. It's just the name of the game. It is. That's where Teddy Roosevelt came from. Yeah. That's where the knee on the eye socket came from. Yeah. That's how I started doing it. You know, it's, it's like, oh yeah, you don't want to react. I'm gonna make you react. <laughs> I know, man. That's, yeah. It's funny you say that. Like I've I found myself because I got you gotta get creative with her trying to get those goddamn elbows mm-hmm. to come out, mm-hmm. and so or or uh, that and avoid deep half guard. It's like those, like, God damn, dude, like trying to dig her elbows out. And then I do something that lets her start turning in and gets her deep half guard. And she's so goddamn good with deep half guard that, and she can go to it from anywhere. And so I'm just like, all right, you know, cause I'm rolling with her so much that I'm like, you get in this pattern over mm-hmm. and over and over. And I'm like, that's it. 
I got to do something different. Like, what am I doing mm-hmm. that's eliciting this response so much? <clears throat> so I've been trying to do some different stuff. The uh, cross bases get all uh, all through that. I, one and there. you can do it nicely. No, I know. I, I did it very nicely. I yeah. did it enough to get the reaction I wanted. Yeah. And I didn't have to like. Because man, I, I I I guarantee I could grab her fucking arm and, and elbow you, you pick up and use body. man strength, and she would fucking just her whole body. Her whole body. Up. Oh, I've yep. done that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've done that same to you. Like you're good at keeping your arms in, and I've gotten a grip on an arm, even like a Kimura grip, and I rip it up, and your whole torso comes up. Yeah. I'm like this motherfucker. Like his <laughs> your lats are so strong, and you can keep it buried down so good that I literally just pick up your whole upper body. I'm like, okay. So then, then, then the Teddy Roosevelt, Teddy Roosevelt comes in. Then I, can, then, then I can separate the two. I'm like, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's the yeah. same thing. Yep. Exactly. It's the same thing. Their own, their, your own skill and toughness becomes your demise. Yes, it does. So eventually, you will have to move. You're gonna have to move. You're gonna have to move. So on that Anyways. note, we'll uh, we'll go do some moving. Sounds good. So yeah, right on, man. We'll cool. See talk you. Talk next week. Chill at the crib cause I'm safe here I ain't even about to drink me a Corona beer I'm about to stay at the crib for about a year And I ain't coming back out until this shit clear I done bought me a mask and a lot of gloves And I still feel like that is not enough I ain't shaking no hands, I don't wanna hug Make sure you wash your hands with a lot of love So if you got that CV, they gon' find you If you coughing, I ain't trying to be around you I ain't even trying to stand beside or behind you I'ma try to help them motherfuckers find you. I ain't even about to hop on no plane. I ain't even about to stand in the rain. I ain't getting on no train. I ain't even about to drive in my lane. I'm about to stay in the house and play the game. Bitch, move, bitch, you got coronavirus. Ooh, shit, you got coronavirus. We ain't finna do shit with this coronavirus. I ain't finna take a trip with this coronavirus. Move. Bitch, you got coronavirus. Ooh, shit, you got coronavirus. We ain't finna do shit with this coronavirus. I ain't finna take a trip with this coronavirus. <laughs>